Retromania Pro Wrestling Podcast Network is a Moonsault Media production and is intended for private use only. For more information, contact RetromaniaPodcast at gmail.com. Happy 2023 here from Marking Out the Days, courtesy of the Retromania Pro Wrestling Podcast Network. This is Season 3 as we celebrate 30 years of Monday Night Raw with our season known as Raw is 30. As we're going to be covering one episode from each month of the very first year of Monday Night Raw in 1993. And it wouldn't be a, a, a Marking Out the Days without the architect of the Retromania Pro Wrestling Podcast Network himself. Kobe Knight. What's up, bud? Hey, hey, Dave. How's it going, buddy? I am so glad to be back in the saddle for season three of Marking Out the Days. This is a great concept, um, you know, going back 30 years and watching Raw. Although I, I, I was a little confused because you put XXX, so I was like, what, are we watching like Raw porn from 30 years ago? <laughs> um, but anyhow, this is going to be so much fun. Um, uh, are you ready for it? I am ready for it. We are going to be watching the very first. It's, it, we, if we're going to do this, we got to watch the first episode Correct. of Monday Night Raw, which is kind of cool because over on Kicking Out of Two during the COVID days, um, I did a poll, uh, a, a listener request, special request, and a, a loyal listener of the show, Mike Ferrara, requested that I watch that episode of Monday Night Raw, the very first one. And at that time, we were in COVID quarantine lockdown, so I did a, a, a a watch along by myself of this, so solo dolo. This is actually going to be fun. So we're going to be doing like a redo of some sorts, but this time I'm marking out the days as we watch the very first episode of Monday Night Raw from January the 11th, 1993. If you go on to Peacock uh, and, and the WWE section and you search Monday Night Raw, you search January 11th, 1993, season one, episode six, runs 46 minutes, and uh, you'll see a picture there of the the, the live shot of Howard Finkel in the ring uh, in the Manhattan Center for Monday Night Raw in New York City. Uh, so uh, get get everything all queued up, ready to rock and roll as we uh, as we get ready for this watch along. Kobe, what can we uh, what can we expect uh, from the Retromania Pro Wrestling Podcast Network in terms of content? Well, uh, so you and I are going to be continuing to do this um, this Raw is thirty, and that that means every month. We're gonna pick out a special episode from that month of the of the year, 1993. Um, so, f- one episode from February, one episode from March, and so forth and so on. Um, you you are also doing the coverage of uh, of the Ric Flair and Mr. Perfect match, aren't you? Yes, um, you can find that in the archives of uh, of kicking out at two. Um, it's the January 25th, 1993 episode. Dennis chose it. Ric Flair, Mr. Perfect, loser leaves the WWF, special watch along on Kicking Out at Two, as uh, Kicking Out at Two is covering uh, many different anniversaries over the course of wrestling history between 1988, 1993, 1998, 2003, and 2008 in the history of professional wrestling. So looking forward to, to doing all different kinds of watch alongs and different, uh, different uh, discussions and topics and things of that nature. Um, 
in the world of wrestling uh, for those particular years. But yeah, that's up in the archives as well as the GOAT Rumble from 1992. It was, it was delayed a year because, of course, my, my basement was, um, wasn't finished due to nefarious means. But Dennis and I finally got a chance to sit down and watch the 1992 Royal Rumble in watch-along style. Just the match, not the entire pay-per-view. And uh, you'll find out why we consider it the GOAT of all Royal Rumble matches. Yeah, fun stuff there. Um, uh, all that content can also be found on any podcasting platform by searching Retromania with a W, as always, folks. Um, yeah, you, you love to uh, you love to hear the content that we have, so keep on downloading. I appreciate all the downloads and uh, the followers that we have. There's going to be more content coming. We're going to have a roundtable discussion with AC and all those fellows. They have broken down the, uh, the year of 2022. Uh, in several different uh, podcasts, um, the the top women, top factions, and uh, top heels and faces, uh, male performers of the years. Um, yeah, it, it's really fun, and we're gonna talk about um, all that together, you, me, and the crew, hopefully, um, this coming week. So people can look for that in the archive as well. I look forward to doing that. A long time coming with all of us. Yeah, definitely. It's uh, it's uh, you know we haven't done anything like that before, so it's going to be a lot of fun uh, getting getting together. AC and I actually have uh, um, discussed uh, doing a, um, a recording within the next week or so to commemorate the 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 end of football season, the Super Bowl, if you will, because uh, we're going to be we're going to be putting together the second annual kicking out it to all pro team in February as we head towards the Super Bowl. AC is going to pick wrestlers from the past and present and put them in his all pro team. Who would be the quarterback? Who would be the running back? Who would be the head coach? Who would be the backup quarterback? Who would be the GM, the owner? You know what I mean? We're we're gonna we're gonna construct the second annual kicking out it to all pro team. Uh, coming up uh, in February, right around the Super Bowl. So look forward to uh, doing that and uh, be on the lookout for that, as well as other um, anniversary-related topics. Dennis and I plan to watch the infamous um, twin referee Hulk Hogan, Andre the Giant, Saturday night's main event, WWF Championship Controversy. We're going to watch that on you the network You got the plastic well. surgery, dude. Exactly, brother, dude. Yeah, it's it's going down. Dennis and I, we're talking about that. We're going to watch it. It's We're, we're approaching the 35-year anniversary of that in wow. the month of February, which to this day is still regarded as the most watched televised wrestling match in history. 33 million people tuned in to watch that match, yeah. which is Unbelievable! It, that's that's like Super Bowl numbers right there. If you think about it, yeah. Um, so yeah, be on the lookout for that. Oh, I don't want to bury the lead too much. This is marking out the days. We're watching Raw from January eleventh, nineteen ninety three. Find it in your uh, your Peacock. Hopefully, you're all cocked and ready to go, um, cocked, locked, and loaded, if you will. And when I say pray, press play. Kobe, are you ready? I am ready. All right, as the, and you know what, the Peacock has actually been working a lot better lately, I must say. Yeah, um, for what, you. I know you don't use it anymore, you use nefarious means, you're a fucking loser, whatever. Yeah. I know, yeah. I know. Yeah, yeah. Peacock can but go actually, fuck it's, itself. Yeah, well, I mean, it's been working a lot. They, they've updated some of it, so it's it's a lot easier to, to get things in the queue and things like that. Some of the interface is still the same, but for the most part, actually fast-forwarding and getting things paused, because sometimes there'd be a, a big delay in some of that stuff. Yeah. It's actually, they've actually worked out a few kinks, but it's still a work in progress. But whatever, you know, you, you fucking you tech snob over there, yeah, you know. Yeah. All right, well. Anyways. We'll, we'll get to it. 46 dude. minutes, 12 seconds. 
Absolutely. Um, you ready? Are you are you ready? Yes, sir. Let's count down. We're we're off our game here. We need to get back on our game. I know it's been a while since we've uh, we've got we've we've done this shindig, but uh, you know it's it's a new season, so let, let's get it together. All right. When we say play, you guys are gonna hit play. You can listen <laughs> along with us. Uh, we're gonna count down five, four, three, two, one. Ready? Five, four. Yeah, I am ready. Three, two, one. Hit play. Fink is in the ring. Manhattan Center, New York. Man. And you got Vince McMahon there. Who, who's this guy, the com, the comedian? Where are you? Because I'm, I'm at Sean Mooney outside the Manhattan Center. You must be a little bit ahead of me. It's all good. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, sorry. Bobby. Bobby Heenan trying to get into the Manhattan Center. He wasn't allowed. The, the, the storyline was, was that he wasn't going to be a part of Monday Night Raw after his successful run on primetime wrestling with Gorilla Monsoon. So this is an ongoing thread throughout the course of this, uh, this episode, the debut episode of Monday Night Raw, as we see the, the intro. Where are you at now? What's, I'm what's at your the time intro. stamp? Uh, I, okay. I got Razor dropping somebody on their head. Um, okay. The Monday Night Raw logo. Okay. All right. So we're there. We're there. Now Fink's in the ring. My apologies. Now Fink's in the ring. Sorry, I, I hit. I must have hit some button and started earlier. <sighs> Jump. I, I pre-came. I pre-cocked. Oh, you pre-came on the peacock. Yeah. Oh, okay. Wow. All right. Outstanding outfit there. Outstanding by Macho Man Randy uh-huh. Savage. Um, Vince McMahon doing his best shilling. And who is this guy again? He's some like Rob Bartlett. He actually was a comedian and he was in radio in New York City. I think he was on, um, if I'm not mistaken, I think he was on WFAN 660 out of New York. So he was a local in that area, um, and they were they were going with a they were going in a different direction, is what it seemed. Um, yeah, and trying to add some comic relief to the uh, show, I guess some uh, realism with a uh, with a New York comic. This is this is uh, kind of WWF's version of studio wrestling, right? Yes, it is. Um, which they weren't foreign to. I mean, in the in the early territory days with uh, you know uh, Allentown, Pennsylvania, um, the Worldwide Wrestling Federation used to tape a lot of their studio um, shows there. So um, this is this is uh, something that this is familiar territory for them. As we see Coco beware. Do it. Come on, do it. Do it. You, High you energy. God damn it. What is up? with You need another cup of coffee, pal? Holy <laughs> shit. High energy. All right. All right. There we go. As we see Master Fuji with Yokozuna. I issue a challenge you would not accept. Come on. Come on, you yellow belly. Come on, Hogan. And the Royal Rumble has not happened yet, correct? No. We are approaching the Royal Rumble. And since November, uh, they've kind of been building uh, this Yokozuna. Yes, they have. Um, which originally, if, if I remember correctly, um, the, the Yokozuna Grand Champion Sumo character um, wasn't the first choice. They, were actually, they actually brought him in as the great Kokina. Mm-hmm. And he worked a few dark matches as a Samoan wrestler. And originally... From what I had, I had read uh, doing a little bit of research, um, 
an interview with Rikishi Fatu, he was going to be the third head shrinker. Uh, they had, they had planned it. for for that would have been kind of cool. He would have been like the the the, the real big heater the, out of the group. Yeah, the um, final boss of them. Yeah, almost like the third, you know, the the the, the third freebird, if you will. Shit, could you uh, imagine that? But, and then looking like back, like it, 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 he would be the Roman to the Usos, essentially. In a way, yeah. In a way, yeah, I could definitely, yeah, I could, I could see that. I could see that for sure. They could have, um, they could have gone that I, direction. I'm, I'm surprised. Well, not surprised that they slapped the. I wonder how this was received, the uh, the Japanese gimmick on him. You know, with the wrestling community that knew who he was from um, the late WCCW days. Um, I don't know. I mean, I don't think that that community was as strong as it is today. Um, because, you know, the internet wasn't prevalent at that time. So you didn't have access to all kinds of information. The you had to be a tape, you had, you had to be a tape trader to, yeah. um, uh, to, 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 to know who he was. You had to be a, a diehard, um, and travel all over to, to get an idea as to who Yokozuna, Grand Coquina, uh, was at the time. So I don't know if it was. I don't know if it was. I don't think it was received negatively. I think people saw. I think at least based on what I remember, and and we've talked about it on, you know, season one of Marking Out the Days, the Yokozuna character to me was like the 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 modern at that time the modern version of Andre the Giant hmm. because he was such this big impressive looking man. He was. He may not have been seven feet tall, five you know five hundred pounds, but he was. This 500-pound sumo grand champion, and yeah. you know, and he was just—he was just so impressed. He was like the monster. I, I kind of think when he was brought in, he was—he look at him now. He's only like 400 pounds. He doesn't get—he uh, he still is agile. Um, yep. I, I think, I think it was impressive to see a big man move like that. And like you said, oh yeah, I, I, like I, I, me as a child, I thought he was Japanese, and I thought he was frightening. Oh, same. I thought he was Same. frightening because the just the overall look you hadn't seen a big person like that, but then he even uh-huh. gets bigger, like you said, like this super, super uh, <laughs> um, uh, heavyweight. So yeah, it's yeah. like legendary status. Um, I, I thought I thought this was a brilliant way to uh, to build this this character, this new uh, villain for the new generation. You know, where he's just mowing through guys. Yeah, yep. it was. Um... <coughs> It, it, it was it was definitely a good start to his trajectory. I mean, when you looked at him too, at least for me as a kid, I looked at him as a serious threat. He wasn't like some guy that like would come in and he'd work his way up. Like to me, like he was the he was the he was already a main eventer in my eyes. You know yeah. what I mean? Like he was already he was already a, a world title contender just just on paper when you look at him. I mean, I've told the story before. I had friends over for my birthday for the 1993 Royal Rumble, and. Everyone was like, who's going to win? And, you know, some said Undertaker, some said Macho Man, some said Ric Flair. And I was like, Yokozuna, wow. all the way. He's the biggest dude. Smart and it's not, and it, Yeah, well, I mean, it, I, didn't, I didn't try to portray myself that way, but I tried to, at least at, te- at 10 years old, uh, throw some logic into the mix yeah. because he was so big, nobody was going to throw him over the top rope. Yeah, good call. There wasn't anybody in the field of competitors in the Royal Rumble that could, that could probably take him out. Yeah, um, as we see, he delivered that huge leg drop. The the audience reacted, and uh, now getting ready for the bonsai drop. Oh yeah, he's setting up now. 
um, which is a devastating move. I mean, there's been stories over the years of, 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 of guys that have been on the wrong end of that, whether it's because of their attitude or um, enhancement guys that, uh, you know, just, oh, yeah, right there. There we go. One, two, three. Nice, impressive win for Yokozuna on the debut episode of WWF Monday Night Raw. Still squatting on Coco. Yeah, right. Um, and Fuji, too, was obviously like, what was great about his presentation, too, was that Fuji, you know, Fuji was a, a hated heel manager. Mm-hmm. And so you added instant credibility with all the guys that Fuji used to manage over the years. So. Fuji might not have been the top manager, but Fuji was in the in the discussion of of you know top managers at that time between Bobby Heen and Jimmy Hart, um, Sensational Sherry, Miss Elizabeth. Fuji was in that mix. Yeah, and I Fuji, think Fuji, had, did, Fuji had. Sorry, Fuji had his purpose for uh, bringing in the dominant uh, Japanese um, yokozuna sumo champion yeah sumo yep. yeah but uh i i um i remember them bef- when they introduced him during the early episodes of saturday night um they did portray him as polynesian but he trained in sumo wrestling mm-hmm. so okay a little underlying tone there but everybody just went with eh, he's japanese um i think i think he also got a little bit more of a um, Stink behind him when he got Jim Cornette as his manager too. Uh, a, oh a yeah, Cornette was a big heater for him. Yeah. yeah, Cornette was the big heater for him, and I liked his presentation too. Cornette was the, you know, Fuji Fuji was his manager, his master, if you will. But Cornette was the guy that was, you know, you know, calling the shots. He was the one that was delegating. He was the 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 American spokesperson, which was a great. It was a great term because you, you hear the, the word manager, especially during that time, thrown around a lot. But the American spokesperson was, I think, a nice touch that, that still uh, that, that added to the presentation. He was, he was made to appear like he was this, this big, you know, international superstar um, with this giant entourage. Speaking of Bobby Heenan, uh, this is the, the, the promo for the introduction of narcissist Lex Luger. Do you want to put the, debuting at? Should I put the audio on? Or no? Yeah, put the audio on. What the hell? Well, I guess we don't have audio. Okay. What is going on? All right. I'll, uh... There we go. Anatomically perfect. That is physically and mentally superior. Beyond imagination. Why, Ric Flair and I both agree that Michelangelo could not capture on canvas the stupendous qualities of Narcissus. He could not sculpt from marble the metamorphic qualities of Narcissus. Why, Narcissus is so beyond perfect, it's like he's from another galaxy. So, Mr. Perfect, when you see me unveil Narcissus at the Royal Rumble, you are going to think, if you can, that Narcissus is from... Another world. Well, I'm gonna say I'm. Yeah, uh, narcissus. Sissus. Yeah, narcissus. Yep. <sighs> One of the top tag teams of all time coming out here. Steiner Brothers. Steiner. Love me some Steiner Brothers. Hell they're yeah. my. They're in my 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 uh, my Mount Rushmore. Yep. 
um, will you be meeting them this coming uh, Royal Rumble, speaking of? Yes, I hope so. Um, I, I, my wife and I are headed to Texas for the, the 2023 Royal Rumble, and there's a, there's a WrestleCon event that's going to be taking place, which actually, it's the first time they've done this. The, oh, we see Doink in the background yep. in the audience. Um, it's the first time that WrestleCon has done this where they're actually doing like a free WrestleCon as like a lead up to the big WrestleCon during WrestleMania weekend. So uh, they're calling it the Highway to Hollywood WrestleCon in San Antonio. Uh, Sting, Lex Luger, the Steiner brothers, Arn Anderson, Jerry Lawler, uh, X-Pac, uh, Trish Stratus, Lita, uh, Ron Simmons, uh, a bunch of others are going to be a part of this WrestleCon so uh, my hotel is probably about like a 10-minute walk from the hotel where this WrestleCon's at. So I'm going to kill some time before the Rumble, meet a few of these guys, look around. I've never been to a wrestling convention before, so it's going to be kind of fun. This, this is going to be cool. My poor wife's going to be wrestled out by the, by the end of this weekend, <laughs> I tell you. That's why I asked you uh, off uh, mic. I said, are you going to go to the whole Royal Rumble? Because it's going to be a long show. But you said uh, for the price that you guys paid, fuck yeah. And I don't blame you at oh, all. Oh, yeah, that's not, yeah. Um, Are you fucking kidding me? Like, that's, yeah, I mean, this may lead to a divorce, but, um, <laughs> well, no, the funny thing is, when I talked with her, you know, when she asked me what I wanted for my 40th birthday. Dave's going to text and, me, the dogs are in the backyard. Yeah. <laughs> with the fucking Chris Benoit reference. Jesus Christ. Um, I don't have dogs. Okay. Um, but, um, now, when she asked me what I wanted for my 40, like, do you want to go somewhere? Do you want to go for a long weekend somewhere? And I just, like, floated this idea out there. Just And it was like a wing and a prayer. I really didn't expect for her to, like, be on board with it. Um, I was like, what about uh, what about going to Texas for the Royal Rumble for a long weekend? She was like, all right, look into it. See if, it's, if, if we can afford it. And, you know, we happened to be able to get the tickets and... And the hotel and the airfare wasn't too bad. So, you know, we spent roughly, you know, a couple thousand to, to do it. But at the same time, you know, I, we've both never been to Texas. So I look forward to we're going to try and do like a riverboat tour of the city um, in on the river walk where we're staying. Check out the Alamo, see if Pee Wee left his bike in the basement. <laughs> um, you know, the. Uh, just, just trying to enjoy somewhere we've never been before. At the same time, you know, we got the, the Rumbles on Saturday. We get in on Friday night. And uh, originally, we were thinking about maybe going to see that Undertaker show. Because oh, he's going to be in town to do that like what, that speaking show that he does. But uh, tickets are just way too expensive for that. Yeah. Uh, and there's no cell phone usage allowed. So if they if you get caught using your phone, they throw you out. Um, yeah. The cheapest ticket's like 75 bucks a person. Um, but even some of the general admission seats, if we wanted better seats, are like up to like two hundred dollars. Yeah. So we're dropping like four hundred bucks for this show, and I can't even like you know take a picture and capture the the, the moment. It's it's you know it's maybe I'll go someday, but that's not in the cards for that weekend. Eh, As we see I've, the Steiners Bulldog, woo, beautiful move, and the winners of the match defeating the executioners. I think uh freaking Scott the Steiner brothers. I think Doink was pretty distracting during the match even though um Yes, he was. Even though the Steiners are freaking suplex machines. Speaking of Steiners, uh what are your thoughts on maybe um Braun Breaker, Rex Steiner, Rex Rex Steiner, whatever his name is, um uh, making a debut at the Royal Rumble or possibly after? I could see that. I could see a a, a 
some involvement in the Royal Rumble match. I'll even go one further. I think we might even see Uncle Scotty in the Royal Rumble match. Oh. Uh, I think we might see a, a, a nephew-uncle kind of moment in the, in the match. Um, Scott still does occasional in-ring appearances at shows, so I could, I could picture them doing something where the kid shows up and he starts suplexing people and then he gets... Um, you know, he gets double and triple teamed by someone. The next entrant comes out, and it's Big Papa Pump, and we got a little bit of a family reunion with some Steiner lines and suplexes, and then maybe the kid dumps his uncle over the top rope and gets one over on, on Uncle Scotty, and then, you know, he continues on in the match. That's just my, that's just my prediction. I like it. We just, uh, we just saw um, Bobby Heenan trying to get in there as a woman. In drag, uh, yeah. yes. And now we got a special interview with Razor Ramon. Do you, wanna, uh, do you want me to cue this up? Or, uh, um, yeah, sure. Why not? Let's hear how Razor was when he first started. This is uh, in the in the early days of Ravmo. You're headed to the Royal Rumble. This is the golden opportunity you've been waiting for. Meeting the Hitman Bret Hart for the WWF Championship. Are you ready? You're less than two weeks away. say golden opportunity that's got razor Ramon written all over I see but nonetheless uh, you certainly will recall that it took the hitman Bret Hart eight and a half long years climbing the ladder of success to gain the momentum he has and you're sort of a Johnny come lately if you'd pardon the expression huh Look, Hitman, eight and a half years, Chico, you climb to the very, very top. You're the main man in the WWF. Now, say hello to Razor Ramon. Eight and a half months, and I caught you. I am numero uno. All right, the you're the number one contender. Yes, indeed, the number one contender. And if you're the number one contender and such a great competitor, why did you do to Owen Hart what you did? Why jump it? Well, come on. Hey, silencio. He's the best wrestler around. Razor sure Ramon. Obviously, like your father fun, was a big like influence on else. you and on Brett. Your hitman. Squashing he attacked him from the front. And you know what else? There's nothing you can do about it. Not, not Chico, that you don't want to do nothing about it. Because you can't do nothing about it. Thank you very much for joining us. And Hitman. You know what else you can't do nothing about? Chico, you can't do nothing about Razor Ramon taking your precious gold at the Royal Rumble. It'll head your way, ladies and gentlemen, in less than two weeks, Sunday afternoon. 
Uh, kind of started out a little underwhelming. Saved it at the end. Um, yeah. He definitely attacked Owen Hart from the front, though. How did Owen not see yes. that coming? I know that's uh, I mean that's that's the logic in wrestling that goes out the window. But I, I must say, um, comparing from my thoughts in 1993, 30 years ago to now, um, one thing that stays the same is that, for at least for me, Razor Ramon, another guy who came in and he was thrust right into a, a, a top storyline, and he was pretty much in the mix. Like he didn't really have to work his way too far up the card. They they were really they were really full force with experimenting with newer talent and um, going with a youth movement, uh, if you will. Um, and I was at, I've said this before and I'll say it again. Very disappointed that Razor Ramon did not get an additional run um, towards the championship, or maybe even like a transitional run as the WWF champion. Yes. I, as a kid, I used to say like. How many times does he need to be the Intercontinental Champion? Why isn't he going after the WWF title? Yeah, he was one of the um, first uh, multiple-time Intercontinental Champions, right? Four and times. I was even hopeful that Brett and Razor were going to have a rematch for the title uh, yeah. at WrestleMania because I enjoyed their match at the Rumble so well. Solid um, match, too, that we... comes up with them. Uh, not solid as Max Moon here with the spooters on his hands. Yep, and, the, and we got Shawn Michaels who will be appearing at the Raw is 30 uh, celebration coming up uh, within the next week or so. They, they Quite the list of legends they got between him, Undertaker, Ric Flair, I'm hearing Hogan, um, the entire Samoan uh, generation of the bloodline is supposed to be there, which begs the question, um, is this going to be the beginning of um, the 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 introduction of The Rock into, his, into the rumored... Uh, match with Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. We shall see. It's it's a lot to build up. Uh, WWE has done a very good job of storytelling this year um, and a number of ways of, like, what's going to happen next. You kind of see a trajectory, but um, they, they've kept it entertaining nonetheless. Um, yes. Albeit they, they do separate it on, you know, it's only on one show. But, uh, yeah, I, I like it. I dig it. Um, a lot could happen at this upcoming WrestleMania with um, possibilities of matches day one, day two. I, I like yes. I like the fact, jumping back to this, that uh, Shawn Michaels had the powder blue intercontinental belt. Uh, yeah, that was different. You know, I was, I, I'm not going to lie, um, I wasn't a big fan of that color with the color scheme of his of his ring gear. I used to always like the fact that if, like, certain colors matched, like the red and the white and the black, and then he comes out with this powder blue, and I think at one point, I think he had, like, like a... A yellowish gold yep. version of it um, that he would wear with like um, uh, like a, like these weird colors, like a blue or a purple. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it was just I didn't I, I my my OCD, if you will, kicked in, and I'm like I hate that clash. belt. Yes, um, yes, absolutely. Max Moon here, though uh, we've talked about it several times. Supposed to be Conan, but uh, looking at this matchup here, there was a lot of arm drags and everything. It would have been an awesome match with Conan and Shawn Michaels at this point in time. Uh, a little Lucha Libre style, because both men are trained in that um, style of wrestling. Yes. Yes, that would have been that would have been a nice um, nice uh, matchup there between the two. As we know, Conan, uh, 
he he was Max Moon for two days and then decided it wasn't for him. And actually, I was just hearing, I was just uh, listening to, I forget whose podcast it was recently, but they were talking about the Max Moon um, character. Conan actually had an offer to not only stay in Mexico and, and continue working with AAA, but also he had a role on a, a Mexican soap opera locally in Mexico City mm-hmm. um, on, on Mexican TV. That he, and he was like a, a supporting character, if I'm not mistaken. I don't remember yeah. the name of the show. Um, uh, I think it was called Vatos Locos Forever. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. He was definitely but, um, the Hulk Hogan of... Uh... Orale Carnado, yes, hey. No, I'm just kidding. But seriously, um, he was the Hulk Hogan of Mexico. Yep. And, and Vampiro he was going to make more steam. money. Yeah. And he was going to make more money staying in Mexico with AAA and as well as having a supporting role in this television show than he was going to be playing fucking George Jetson with, with this Max Moon character. So um, a lot of people say like, oh, like he, he, he wasted a, a, a huge opportunity. But uh, by the same token, he was also doing what was best for him. And most people, um, most people could understand that. Well, most reasonable people yeah, can understand that. I think, I, say. I think once you get older, you you, you determine that the, the money is a little bit more important than the wear and tear on your body and uh, possibility of injury or, you know, as you get older. Well, he would also have had to have moved to the United States, too, yeah. at that time, I believe. Get a working visa and all yeah. of that stuff. And there's all kinds of different, um, different uh, circumstances surrounding that, um, even to this day currently. As you see, Doink, uh, Doink the Clown. In the house again, another Great. distraction. Yeah, wearing the. Uh... Well, so here's like, here's the thing: like we sh- were talking about these new characters that they were thrust into. It, it, it's uh-huh. guys that had that had had a, a tenure in the ring for at least almost, you know, between five to ten years. Um, I think. Yeah. They they just kind of threw some salt and pepper on them and. Uh, Gave him a gimmick. I mean, Scott Hall yep. had been wrestling since the 80s. Uh, 89 is yep. when when Yokozuna started. Um, you know, Doink is Matt Bourne, who is a wrestler from the 80s. Um, you know, yep. it's just it, it, they, they kind of revamped their uh, their characters. And in a way... Fresh coat of paint, if you yeah, will. Yeah, in a way, this is kind of the first... Uh, the first... Uh, I don't know kind of back and forth between WCW and WWF talent. Yeah, I mean it wasn't as blatant as it as it became later in the 90s, but um you know, you would see you know eventually later this year Diesel, Kevin Nash, who was once Oz and Vinny Vegas and Master Blaster Steel and WCW, he would uh make his debut in the WWF and things would be the same after that. Um yeah, it was um like you said, guys that had somewhat of a run over the course of you know a few years, and they had some some ability that were solid, you know, to, to good workers in the ring. They just didn't fit, you know, whatever character they were being portrayed as elsewhere. Yeah. So this was a, you know, and 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 funny thing too is that back then the formula, at least for the WWF with Vince McMahon, was like, like you said, guys that had some experience in the ring. You could cover them up with a mask or paint or whatever, mm-hmm. and nobody would have no no. The mainstream wrestling fan wouldn't know who that person was. You know, diehards like us would would be like, oh wait a minute, he's familiar. Like when when Doink debuted in the WWF in nineteen late ninety two, 
I for a while I couldn't understand like who is that guy? Like I know that voice, I know that that look, like the smirks. I was like that guy, like he's been on he's been in wrestling somewhere before, and I couldn't put my finger on it until the WrestleMania Nine spot when they had the double doinks and Matt Bourne's face paint was starting to wear off, and I was like. That's the fucking lumberjack, Big Josh, Josh. from WCW. Yeah, and I never, I couldn't get it. I couldn't understand it um, as a youngster. But that was one of those, like, as a kid, like, that was where, like, you know, early indication that I was a smart mark, you know? Like, I was playing wrestling detective, if you will. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I'd have the magazines, other than the WWF magazines, I'd have the after mags. And I I would kind of get an idea as to who was who. this match still going on here, Max Moon and Shawn Michaels. Yeah, uh, they're giving a lot of shine to Max Moon right now. I'm not sure how the crowd is really digging it. Uh, I don't seem they seem to be more enthralled with Shawn Michaels getting his ass kicked. Um, yeah, Shawn was a good little chicken shit heel at the time. Oh yeah, for and, sure. and, and he was he was upcoming. Um, with Marty Jannetty for a title match at the Royal Rumble, and one of those, um, one of those spots that was just like, you wanted to see it happen. I remember as a kid, I was like, Marty's gonna kick Sean's ass. Like that's all you wanted to see, yes. you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and instead, we got Shawn Michaels and Tatanka in a twenty-five minute rest hold a fest yeah. <laughs> at WrestleMania, yep. which was originally supposed to be Sean. Oh, the super kick. By Sean to the mutton chops of Max Moon, but it's not over yet. It, 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 his his finisher was this move. The it was like a side suplex, like an inverted. Oh, he was going for it. Oh, Max ducks. Oh, he gets it again. Boom. Oh, that was his finisher. The side suplex. Terrible. Not a move. Well, he was a work in pro- he was a work in progress though. I believe. I mean, yeah, I, I can get behind that. Um, the side crescent kick is what they called it at first, and then all of a sudden, um, Mr. Perfect, I believe, said that's sweet chin music, and that just kind of stuck. Yep, he did. He 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 gave he gave him a lot of he, you know coined a lot of phrases for his character: the heartbreak kid, um, the, the the sweet chin music. Yep. Uh, so yeah, it was um, Perfect's commentary was influential on the progression of the character of the heartbreak kid. All right, what's your timestamp here? Where are you at? You're at the uh, commercial? Where am I at? I'm at the commercial 30 minutes and 30 seconds and counting awesome. for the WWF Mania commercial. So we see this lovely family of four watching WWF Mania. I kind of liked Mania as a kid. That studio feel to it, Todd Pettengill. He was, you know, quirky at times, but for the most part, I enjoyed um, I enjoyed WWF Mania. I, I, I thought it was a, a nice, fun little Saturday morning I mean, there was a lot of wrestling on on Saturdays yeah. between that and, um, and cartoons. You know what? Let's play the let's play the audio for the Royal Rumble Absolutely. report. I got it. I'll do it. Okay. Go ahead. Yeah. We're two weeks out from the Royal Rumble, Sunday afternoon, January twenty fourth, four p.m. Eastern time. You oh. can see it exclusively on pay per view cable TV. Hold on to your hats. Just announced WWF Intercontinental Champion Shawn Michaels to defend against challenger Marty Jannetty. Now the word is that Sensational Sherry will be at ringside, but in whose corner? Let's see if these two gentlemen 
and shed some light on that subject. You know, nobody has been more undeserving of an intercontinental title shot than you, Marty Jannetty. But being Mr. Cool, I'm going to give you one anyway. <laughs> and everybody wants to know, where's Sherry going to be? Whose corner is she going to be in? Well, I mean, I haven't had a chance to talk to her. But like any woman, she's going to be in the heartbreak kids corner. You can count on that. Jannetty, Royal Rumble, you're done. January 24th, the Royal Rumble. I'm going to call it Marty Jannetty Day because that's the day I'm going to get everything I want. I'm going to capture the Intercontinental Championship. And more than that, I'm going to end the career of you, Shawn Michaels. And you're talking about Sherry being in your corner. You know all about Sherry. Well, maybe you don't know Sherry as well as you think you do. Remember, Sensational Sherry will definitely be at ringside. Then, 30 of the greatest superstars of the World Wrestling Federation in the 1993 edition of the Royal Rumble. Remember in this one, it's every man for himself. You initially start out with two men, then add another man every two minutes thereafter. And here they come. Last year's winner, two-time World Wrestling Federation champion, Ric Flair, the undefeated Native American, Tatanka, tag team champion, IRS, former World Wrestling Federation champion, Bob Backlund, the King, Jerry Lawler, and this man, Mr. Perfect. Talking about having a good time, talking about a smile on the face of Mr. Perfect. No, it doesn't look out of place because the Royal Rumble is here. An opportunity for Mr. Perfect, a guy who has no problems with anything because everything in my life is perfect. And all the great athletes that enter the Royal Rumble, no matter how big and how strong and how powerful and how smart you are, one thing you're not, and that's perfect. Four prominent names include the Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase, from Hawaii, Karush, the model, Rick Bartel, and 500-pound-plus Yokozuna, who is standing by with his manager, Mr. Fuji. Yoshi. Look at my Yokozuma in Royal Rumble. No one can move my Yokozuma. No one can lift him up off his feet. Yokozuma, 505 pounds, will be the winner in the Royal Rumble. And all 29 opponents will be off one by one. And Yokozuma will be the winner. Don't forget their 
there's even more prestige in this year's Royal Rumble because the winner will have an opportunity to meet the World Wrestling Federation champion at WrestleMania 9 at Caesars Palace in Las Vegas, Nevada. Speaking of the World Wrestling Federation champion in the main event at the Royal Rumble, Bret the Hitman Hart meets Razor Ramon. As you know, the emotions between these two men are running at an incredible fever pitch. We're just two weeks away. Don't get caught in the last minute shuffle. Contact your local cable company right now and join us exclusively on pay-per-view cable TV. Cinch them up for one of the year's biggest spectaculars. Sunday afternoon, January 24th at 4 p.m. It's the Royal Rumble. That really hits you in the feels right oh, there. Man. For me, at least. The nostalgia. I used to love those, me man. Too. The Royal Rumble reports. Me too. They don't do them like they did before. And it, that made you feel like everybody was a contender to win. Look at all those names in there. Yeah. Um, it, it's. I mean, it paled in comparison to 92's <laughs> oh, uh, absolutely. field of entrance. But at the same time, you know, you... you it's one with, of the last the who's who's for, of, of uh, I mean, this... You're saying 93? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I, I mean, if you look... I mean, all right, maybe... Maybe at 10 years old, you know, maybe I felt, I don't know. Rick Flair, I just Bob look Backlund, at it now and I'm like, there's probably like man. seven or eight guys Mr. in there. Perfect. There's probably about like 10 guys in there that you would that you would look at as like bona fide main eventers, yeah. you know, that, that had an opportunity. You know, Yoko, Savage, Flair, Backlund, DiBiase, Undertaker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That Like, that's six right there. Okay. As we saw, like that's just me. As we saw Heenan uh, trying to get into the building again, Shabbat Shalom. Um, <laughs> he could not get in though. Uh, a, a couple things about the Royal Rumble report too. Uh, the start time, four p.m. That's awesome. Yeah, that was. Yeah, that was kind of cool. Um, our well, the, the event took place in Sacramento. Ooh, one so of those it was raw West girls. Coast time. Hey, <clears throat> excuse me, excuse me, miss. Um, Come over here and would you uh, like a sit on my raw dick? Yeah, would you like a three million dollar settlement, yeah, exactly. pal? <laughs> Here's three million dollars. Go away. Yeah. <laughs> uh, four p.m. start time. Well, make sure I finish before you leave. <laughs> uh, four p.m. start time, though. Yeah, I, I my 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 it was it was my birthday month, so my father had said, "What do you want for your birthday?" And I said, "I want you know uh, watch the Royal Rumble." And he said, well, "Why don't you have your friends over and." So we had, you know, pizza and Royal Rumble at four o'clock in the afternoon on the East Coast, and it was it was it was a good time, dude. That it is had awesome. a lot of fun. That is really cool. Yeah, it was it was cool. Yeah, earlier like, that start was like time the, is sometimes the, better for the kids, you know. And wrestling is, you know, for the kids. But I don't know. I yeah. guess the demographic has changed that much. Eighteen to thirty-five. That was the, the that, that was like the one show that I was guaranteed that my parents would allow me to order. Because yeah. it was on my birth, like in my birthday month, you know what right. I mean. Like that was that was part of my gift, you know. Uh, if 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 I did enough convincing uh, for for uh, WrestleManias, WrestleManias were you know, the, like like the WrestleMania in Hartford in my hometown, the eleven. Like, all right, we couldn't go to that, but I'll let you order it. Right. You know that was so there. If I did enough, you know. If I had my, my good my good sales pitch going on at ten years old, eleven years old, twelve years old, it'd have been you know it, it was very possible. But a lot of times because I heard 
um, no or maybe or I'll think about it. I didn't really bother too much. Right. But when it was important, I I I I I, I, I went to work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, here we see the uh, the face turn of Kamala going against Downtown Bruno and Kimchi turning on them. Uh, Damian Demento in the ring, correct? Yeah, Damian Demento looking from like, the outer, looking like the reaches of your mind. The old version. I mean, Jr. Kronos kind of reminds me of him now. John Kronos. No, Jr. Jr. Kronos. Kronos. What the fuck is? Who the fuck's that? He's uh He's in New Japan Strong. He's a big dude uh, uh, with a right. goatee that looks yeah, like Damian Demento. I don't so. watch the indie. I don't watch the indie bullshit. Okay. Oh, indie bullshit. <laughs> yeah, he's in NWA <laughs> too, so I guess you can call that indie bullshit. <laughs> At this point, um, uh, another thing from the the Raw report: the twenty fourth of uh, January is now Marty Jannetty Day. Is that uh, you know what? I guess so. That's where I we guess gotta so. take so he a wants guy the intercontinental of a bar title and kill him. So so he wants the intercontinental title as part of Marty Janae Day. He's probably gonna want uh, a few females to um, to to uh, to keep him company. Yeah. Uh, a big fucking a, a, a big fucking pile of snow on on the coffee table in the hotel room. Oh yeah, it's winter time, and baby. A a bottle of Thunderbird um, to, uh, to 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 wash back those sorrows. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh two more things the uh the they couldn't get yokozuna's name right uh, i mean mr fuji yakazuma 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 well it's probably his accent too yeah so. but then later uh virgil calls him yokozuna uh yakazuma Oh, yeah. Ver- Fuji spoke better English than Yokozuna, so I mean, let's you know. Well, yeah. Oh, well, let's no. Fuji, Fuji spoke uh, better English than Virgil. You mean Meat Thoth? Yeah. Oh yes, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And, and the other thing I wanted to ask you: Do you prefer the Royal Rumble being before or after the title match? Because as announced for this Royal Rumble report, the Royal Rumble would happen before the title match, and the title match would close out the show. Um, I mean, I would actually prefer it after the title match. Although, you know, something's up when they put the match before, when they put the Rumble match before the title match. You know what I mean? Like, you know, you're going to get some kind of. Well, that didn't happen in 1993, though. Well, no. What I'm saying is, the title match went on before the Rumble. It did in in 93. Brett, Brett and Razor went on before the, the Rumble oh, match. Oh, wow, because uh, Mean yeah, Jeans I just had watched the main it event. The other day. Mean Jeans had the main event. Well, I mean, maybe that's what they tentatively planned. Right. And then they, they, they changed courses, you know, because um, it wasn't uncommon for them to put the WWF Championship match, you know, in the middle of the card. They had done it in previous, um, previous events. SummerSlam, it was like the third to last match with Savage and Warrior. Right. WrestleMania 8, Savage and Flair was like the middle of the card right. as a part of the double main event. So it wasn't uncommon for them to do that and make the Royal Rumble the focal point. I think, too, considering that was the first year that the Rumble, that the WrestleMania title shot was the, the, the prize for the winner of the Rumble, it was probably important for them to put it on last. True. Isn't that wild how, how many uh, Royal Rumbles there had been, and this is the first one for the opportunity? I yeah. mean, the, other, the, the last one was for the Five title. Rumbles. Yeah. yeah, the previous year was five, you know, you know, for the title, but the four before that was just, it was bragging rights. 
As we see The Undertaker finishing off Damien Demento. Come to my show and I will tell you how I was afraid dude, at one point and let me now I'm not dude. afraid and I'm making money. Uh, what? Huh? <laughs> let me tell you a quick story. Quick... So, the haircut that Damien Demento sporting. Oh, yeah. At the jail where I work, we had we had an inmate that had a little bit of a soul patch on the back of his head. Not quite <laughs> as eccentric as Damien Demento's, but this dude had a soul patch on the back of his head, and he was a little he used he gives us a little bit of attitude. He just shaved it off recently. Finally, I think the other inmates even told him too. You had to get rid of that thing. Um, but uh, yeah, he used to have this soul patch on the back of his head, and it reminded me of Damien Demento. <laughs> I wouldn't call him that. Yeah. But I but if he gave me an attitude, I'd be like, "Hey, soul patch, go get a haircut. Yeah, right. <laughs> Lose the attitude. Yeah. What do you got a pussy um, on your neck? Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, wow, did you see that advertisement for next week? It's going to be Woody Allen and Mia Farrow in a steel cage. Yeah, they used to do some fucking weird shit like that. Like I didn't, I didn't care. I mean, that didn't is, bother me one way or another as a not kid. Cool with the uh, the whole that's child molestation. Yeah. And shit, come on, man. Yeah, I know. Like, I, I, yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't that be funny? Yeah. Isn't that funny? <laughs> Somebody laugh, please. Sweet Patterson, like, oh, that's a good one, Vince. Oh, yeah. Right. Uh, Shawn Michael, he could be the referee. Yeah. Here we see <laughs> With uh, a tear. Crush. Making kids cry, brah. Dude, I used to oh, I used to want to drink orange soda because Crush used to come out in that orange gear. High C? Like Fanta. High C? And... and yeah, I used to I used to think it was like so cool that he had that gear, you know, the orange and the the yellow and the purple. Like it was, he was like a fucking walking billboard. Do you know uh, the here weird fact? I just found this out because you said Fanta. Uh, Fanta is actually um, a German company that was started um, after World War Two when um, you know uh, U.S. put in like. Uh, stop them from you know production and you know you have to uh basically pay uh, they couldn't produce anymore as 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 a company in coca-cola so they invented fanta in germany hmm. yeah so interesting nazi drink everybody fanta fanta <laughs> don't you want to start a uh, holocaust don't okay, even. Sorry. Don't okay, even. Sorry. You already got one crude reference yeah. in with Chris Benoit. Right. You, you know, let's let's stick to one a show. Okay. Yeah. Well, that was fun. <laughs> um, uh, as we see, Bobby Heenan never made it in. The episode ended. It's a it's a short episode, digestible at the time. Um, and what time did this air originally? Nine o'clock. I think it was nine o'clock. So I think yeah, I, th- I think that was also how they were able to get get away with some of the content that they were that they were kind of throwing in there with the whole Woody Allen. I mean the the nine ten o'clock hour. They were unopposed um, on Monday nights. With you know there was no other wrestling company that was putting out a show on Monday nights until two years later. But um, yeah, that was fun. That was the, I've seen it before, but it's still you know it's still fun to go back and watch. There's some things I forget. Yeah, and um, the dialogue. Yeah, you have I'm definitely between. looking. Is also nice. Um, looking forward to yeah. the rest of these. Absolutely. If you guys have a request for us uh, of a certain episode that you would like to see during the month of 1993, of February, March, or any of the upcoming well, months. Let's see. Well, let, let, well, let's, uh, well let, let's go through a few of those episodes. Sure. So for, the month, for next month of February, we have on February 1st, 
Um, Doink the Clown battling Typhoon, and that was also the evening that they announced Andre the Giant had passed away. Um, the also, the February 15th episode, Brutus Beefcake returns to take on the Million Dollar Man Ted DiBiase, plus we have a 16-man battle royal. That should be interesting. Mm-hmm. And then the February 22nd episode, Hulk Hogan makes his return to the WWF um, to, 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 to aid Brother Brutai, if you will. As we see Shawn Michaels and the Beverly Brothers take on Tatanka and the Nasty Boys in a six-man tag team match. Me, I would kind of, if I'm going to make a choice, I would say we watch the February 22nd episode with Hogan's return. Number one, because I'm a Hogan mark. But number two, uh, I believe that's also, on that same episode is where we kind of see the curtain get peeled back a little bit. And they reference Hogan's interview on the Arsenio Hall show regarding how he lied about taking steroids. Okay. And it kind of gets it kind of gets I mean that's just that's just my suggestion we don't have to, like you it. know, if we want to put a poll, we can put a poll out there too if you want. Absolutely. Um, um we can give the fans an opportunity. Um although they usually don't speak up, so stay quiet and just keep downloading, I guess. Yeah, stay quiet, keep downloading and we'll just give you shit you don't want to hear. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, and as we go through the months, I'll kind of detail us in on what happened in between the episodes, or you will as well, you know, the results of episodes that we skipped over. Um, so, yeah, I, I think the Hulk Hogan one sounds good. Brother. You like that one? Yeah, dude. All right, so we'll do that one. So February 22nd, 1993, Hulk Hogan makes his debut on Monday Night Raw, returning to the World Wrestling Federation after his uh, match at WrestleMania 8 the previous year. Uh, to to come to the aid of Brother Brutus and then the Shawn Michaels Beverly Brothers Tatanka Nasty Boys six man tag team match uh, as a as a headline match on that episode of Monday Night Raw. You'll find that next month for the month of February on Marking Out the Days season three. Raw is thirty. Woo! Thank you, folks. Have a good evening. All right.